Welcome to Creative on Purpose Live. These conversations are about flying higher and endeavors that make a difference. Do the work you're meant to do now. It's time to be Creative on Purpose. Are you ready? Let's go. I'm your host, Scott Perry, author of Onward and Difference Maker Coach at Creative on Purpose. Visit creativeonpurpose.com to start stepping into possibility with the difference only you can make. This month, we're profiling members of the Difference Maker community at Creative on Purpose. Let's meet today's guest. Kathy Taylor, welcome to the broadcast. Please tell our viewers who you are, what you're up to these days, and where can they connect to learn more about you and the difference that you're making. Well, thank you, Scott. It's always good to be on here with you. I am a coach who helps people learn to trust themselves and become confident not only in what they're doing, but in who they are, because that's really what needs to come first. Um, you can find me at herdwiseleadershipcoaching.com. What was the other question? What are you up to these days? <laughs> what am I up to these days? I am serving my coaching clients to help them, like I said before, become more confident in themselves by trusting their inner knowing instead of having to feel like they've always got to ask a million um, opinions or take polls or doubt themselves, even though it's interesting though, doubt is actually part of confidence though. So. That's a really interesting, I, I like that phrase, inner knowing. Tell us a little bit more about what that means. Well, to me, it's, you know, we've all got that, that still small voice inside of us and it gets so drowned out by all of the other voices, all of the internet, all of the social media, all of the stuff we just consume that, um, gosh, I'm kind of getting this picture in my mind right now, this little tiny seed and it's just getting pounded with water and it never has a chance to grow because it's just got too much stuff that's coming in. Hmm. Whereas if, if it's, if it's planted, you know, carefully with joy and love in the, in the right soil, which by the way, has manure in it because it always does. Um, <laughs> then, you know, you add a little bit of water and then it cracks open and it grows, but we're always scared. I think of that little cracking open, like, is that really gonna, can I trust the cracking open? Well, what really we have to, because that's growth. It's the process of cracking open and having something grow. And, um, and, and it's a process that happens every day, not just within us, but it's, you can see it in nature. So it's just part of the world that we live in. Yeah, what a, I love that that metaphor, that analogy of the seed cracking open. Um, so primarily, you are coaching. Give us a, a sense of who your ideal clients are in terms of the coaching and and how you're cracking them open. <laughs> well, I'd say there sort of are two. One is I'm burned out, or I'm on the ed edge of burnout. Um, you know, I've been trying this for so hard for so long and I never seem to get anywhere and I'm ready to give up. So they kind of need to, uh, those people anyway, need to learn what rest is mm -hmm. and, um, and really feel into that and be okay with not doing, 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 because again, our world is very doing, doing, doing focused. And then the sort of the flip side of that is once they've done that, um, how can they get focused to take the action that is purposeful and intentional instead of just doing a bunch of stuff so that they look like they're doing stuff, 
but really it's just busy work to make them feel better. So it kind of feels again, sort of better on the outside, but feels sort of anxious on the inside. So getting rid of that anxiety and replacing it with peace. Love that. So I love how you talked about the first part, the burnout and just kind of the grinding because high achievers, people that are in leadership positions, executives, you know, the kind of people that you coach, people that are already performing at a high level frequently are experiencing that burnout. They have ground themselves into a fine powder, oftentimes emotionally, spiritually, mentally, they have very little left in the tank. Why, why do you think it is it, it, that, that that is the default setting for so many of us that have this desire to achieve at a high level and to tap our, or not tap, but to, you know, develop our potential, maybe tap our, our promise as well. And what is it that we can do to help stop the grinding and do a little of the thriving, even as we're striving? Well, that's interesting. We, you know, I have a little group on the second Tuesday or something, each uh, conversations that matter. And last night our discussion was about enough. And um, it was really interesting and really deep. And we talked about where are, um, I'm going to grab my notes from that conversation. What are the implications? Like where, what are the impl other implications of enough? And so we talked about enough, not just from the perspective of, uh, you know, enough time, enough money, enough food, uh, sort of what, what I would say was more material things, but really more, are you enough? And the are you enough touched things like trusting yourself, the idea of proving clarity, shame, receiving well, and then productivity. And um, so, and the, the main thing around all of those was we look to external things to tell us we're enough. Um, are we making enough money? I don't know. Am I making enough money, as much money as the person next to me? Or am I as knowledgeable as that person? What else do I need to learn? I mean, that, that's where it shows up for me is I'm such a learner. I'm thinking I've got to know everything about this or else I'm not going to be good enough. And so I'll dive into this deep or dive into that really deep. And the truth of the matter is if we're, we're born enough, and I'm actually now thinking back to, I read a book one time. I'm not really sure who it was. Maybe Henry Nguyen, where he said, you know, he took care of uh, someone who was basically bedridden and an invalid for their whole life. And this person lived to be like 80 years old, if I'm remembering correctly. And he, he said, one of the things that he learned is that this person had value because they were a person, not because they did anything. And that the, you know, the, that learning and that inner knowing that he got from that really changed him as a person and helped. So if we can realize the value that we have simply because we exist and that the other stuff we do is just it's a way to connect with people. The other thing that I heard of today that I thought was really interesting was from a book you recommended actually called Community by Peter Block. Mm. And the question, I don't remember exactly what they said in there, but the question that came to my mind was, what if the problems that we have are simply so that we can connect with each other? Yeah. Yeah, that Peter Block book is so 
undervalued and, and underknown. It's a fantastic book. Mm -hmm. I re highly recommend it to anybody. You you touched on a whole bunch of themes, and I just like to to tug at three threads that I heard. The first is, and I wrote about this recently in in, in onward, this proclivity that people like us have to conflate productivity with progress and they're really different things you touched on this you know a lot of us have the capacity and the ability and the talent to do a lot of things to complete a lot of tasks that doesn't necessarily equate to making progress in a meaningful enterprise where we can actually uh, make a difference in the lives of of those that we serve or just in our circle of contents the other thing um that i heard was and you and i have spoken about this in our sessions this idea of being sufficient even while you strive you are always simultaneously enough just as you are and you are also a creature that is aspiring to be be better do better serve more develop your potential deliver on your promise but then you touched on um, something that I, I just can't resist um, asking you about because I know that one of my favorite quotes has become one of <laughs> your favorite quotes. Um, so talk a little bit more about this idea that comes from our favorite Goethe quote. As soon as you trust yourself, you will know how to live. What does it mean, to tr what does it mean for you to trust ourselves? And why is it so important if we are going to learn how to live, meaning learn how to live better? So, yeah, I totally latched onto that quote and I'm just like, I'm still sucking the, the marrow out of it there. Um, to me, it's um, it's related to be connect, being connected to ourselves, because in order to trust ourselves, we have to know ourselves. And that includes knowing our feelings and what they are saying to us, because I don't believe that we have these emotions just to express them. Mm -hmm. they they have a message for us that we're supposed to use and then temper the expression so even today on facebook i challenged somebody about um you know oh anger is just a wasted emotion if, if if you were angry with somebody and they died today would you be really mad that you um or would you be really sad or disappointed that you had wasted this time being angry with them and so i said well i'm going to play devil's advocate here <laughs> and um the idea that anger generally often means that a boundary has been crossed. And while I don't need to lash out at someone in anger, that that's, that there are, you know, healthy and unhealthy ways to express it, but that it has, it does have a message for me. And so to pay mm -hmm. attention to that message. So if I pay attention to the message, I'm aware of the feelings, then I'm aware of my needs and I can't get my needs met if I'm not aware of them. So how can I, if, and if I can't, know what I need how can anyone else know what I need yeah. and so it just becomes this ongoing um, this cyclical thing about trusting myself in order to trust others in order to trust myself in order to trust others and it's just and and that's the that's the living yeah yeah so I, I totally agree I I discovered that Goethe quote years ago and I've been meditating on it ever since and I don't think you can ever you can never stop because that uh, journey of trusting yourself so that you can learn how to live, live the good life, live mm -hmm. a better life. 
at every moment, even as you're making progress in that journey, you know, whatever got you where you are is not going to get you where you want to go. So the trust that got you to the you know, success or that you're experiencing um, is not enough to get you to the next to the next step in your you know progress as a human being. Uh, you know, who's doing work with and for others and the the in an effort to improve things, make things better for everyone. Um, curious about this in this work that you do with um herdwise leadership coaching and the, the the people that you work with what's what's the biggest challenge for you in the difference that you seek to make through herdwise leadership coaching oh gosh the biggest challenge is having potential clients understand what it really means to be connected to yourself because we it's such a foreign idea that we don't even, it's like we don't even know what we don't know. So they're, they're at this unconscious incompetence. And so they don't have a problem <laughs> or so they think. So trying to um, get them to a place where they feel safe enough to, to recognize that even though I thought I was connected to myself this whole time, I'm really not. That's, that's a big jump, uh, a big step to think that I thought I was being real and I thought I was being present and authentic all this time. And I really wasn't. Oh, my gosh. All that time was wasted. Well, no, it wasn't wasted. Um, because if you hadn't done that, you wouldn't have got to where you were now. And now is the time that you can take that step. So be with it now and be OK with it now and just take the next step. Yeah. Yeah, so important to always look for the silver linings or at least the lessons that come from, um, you know, what we might at, at first blush interpret as failures or uh, missed, op missed opportunities. One of the things that you just um, referenced is something that I definitely have seen in, in my work as a coach. And I know that you are really, uh, really top notch at in your own work. Um, but we, you and I are met initially through uh, Akimba workshops, and one of the powers of being in those programs is that you are surrounded by people that are on a different journey than you, but it's still a similar journey. Everybody in an Akimba workshop, regardless of which workshop it is, is, is engaged in a journey to improve themselves through improving skills about whatever their endeavor is and although you can learn about that in books and in other online courses and by listening to ted talks the beauty of the akimba workshops is that you're doing that work in a cohort with and for a group of fellow travelers it's a, there's a fellowship built into the workshops and what coaches like you and i uh, tend to be really good at and what people in the workshops tend to be really good at is helping people see helping other people see what's in their way, usually something they put in their own way and helping them see it in a way that they can't unsee it so that they have to then find a way around through or to flip flip that into a, an opportunity. And even though you and I are really good at doing that for other people, we tend to not be very good at doing that for ourselves. And so, I'm just curious, um, you know, with 
with all of that, if in this work that you're doing, uh, and in this work that people like you and I do and, and, and all the other people that we know in Forward Link and other places, you know, we can't do meaningful work. We can't do this meaningful and important work without making mistakes from time to time. In fact, some would argue if you're not making mistakes, you're not trying hard enough. <laughs> um, so knowing that, I'm just curious about, you know, what's a mistake that you've made that um, that really has stuck with you? How did you how did you rectify that situation? Or if you weren't able to rectify it, how, you know, what's the lesson that you took that helped you use that as a learning opportunity to further develop yourself and do better next time? Oh gosh. Well, I'm thinking of a mistake I just made this morning, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that it's because it's kind of one of those things that you think, okay, I've made a mistake. I've rectified it, but yet it shows up again in this, you know, in a different way, in a different layer. Um, and some, so something that I have been working on that I didn't even kind of like before, I didn't even know I was working on it, but you know, I work with, um, people with horses sometimes, or let me rephrase that. Cause sometimes people think they have to have a horse to work with me. People come to me and interact with my horses by not riding them, but just interacting with them. And horses have this way they are, um, they're honest for the most part about what's going on. Like they, they don't really hide things like we do. They, they don't, they or let me put it this way. They don't tell a story about what we're doing and what they're doing. Whereas we always do. So they don't put a whole lot of meaning to it. They just do what they do. Um, so let me think now I've gotten distracted here. Um, the, the, okay. So it's this whole, um, what would you call it? Distinction between relationship or connection and the task. And people say horse people are so connected to their horses, but oftentimes the, the horse is really connected to them and the person's just giving orders. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, that's a, really harsh way of saying it, but that's ultimately what it is. And we do that a lot with ourselves too. We'll give ourselves an order. We'll just go do it. That's where the productivity or the busyness comes in, you know, that productivity versus the progress. Mm -hmm. So when we're not connected to ourselves, we're making a lot of doing a lot of productivity, but not doing so much progress because that connection part is missing. So to be connected with ourselves or I should say, and at the same time, another person is really a challenge because our brains are not, uh, we haven't practiced that in our brains very much because we're told from when we're really little, do this and you'll get good grades, you know, write your penmanship well. Um, so even just this morning, I was meeting with someone online and I showed up kind of like, okay, let's go. And they showed up like, hey, how are you doing? And I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm good. Let's go. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, okay, so they were so totally the connection and I was the task and I was, and so it's, it was just very subtle thing and I've, I've learned it before out with my horses, but then, you know, you forget the lesson, so you gotta learn it again. How can I stay connected for the sake of connection instead of, yes, I'm connected, but I'm using this connection as a means to an end, as a means to get something done? Because it's a very different, um, 
it's a very different relationship when you're just hanging out with somebody for the joy and the delight of being there with them versus, Hey, I'm doing this for a per for, for a purpose. And, Oh, you're really nice. I'm really nice. Let's do something cool together. Yeah. That's, I, I love that. Uh, being, being a top performer, being a high achiever, being productive, um, and even being somebody that's at least desiring to make progress, we tend to be very goal oriented. And it's easy to get fixated on the goal. And the goal is always in the future. It's not mm -hmm. present. And if you can't zoom out and in and zoom back and forth, because what I'm hearing, what you're saying is, it's so important to start where you are, which is we're here right now. We're in communion. We have a, a, a collaborate collaborative enterprise going here, a communication, a discussion. Mm -hmm. And you have to you have to really start with that and not be so fixed on the goal that you're just grabbing somebody by the hair and saying, come on, let's go. <laughs> We're gonna get, get where I where you said you wanted to go and I'm going to get you there as quickly as possible. And I know that I wrestle with that uh, quite a bit too, because this kind of speaks to what we were just talking about. We're, we can so clearly see what the other person doesn't yet see that all we want to do is is solve it for them. But the best coaching happens when you just continue to ask the questions that help the person see the problem and solve it for themselves. And that's mm -hmm. when the real change and the real transformation can happen. I also love, I, I love the way that you incorporate the horses into your coaching practice, even though I'm terrified of horses. <laughs> I will probably never be a client of yours in that context. Um, although maybe that's what I have to get over. Who knows? Um, but one of the things that you were touching on uh, that I think is so important is how most of us grew up in a very compliance, compliance oriented society, schooling, employment, where, you know, we are, we are rewarded for our ability to do as we're told and to do what's expected. Um, I'm imagining based on my limited experience with horses, um, you know, horses are not prone to compliance, <laughs> especially by somebody that doesn't know what the heck they're doing with the horses. Um, and so I'm just wondering how the, the work with the horses might really help with somebody that has that kind of controlling or, or kind of um, just too focused on the outcomes and not focused on being in the experience as it's being lived in the moment. How does working with the horses help with that? Well, that sounds like me right there that you just described. <laughs> um, yeah, that's what I, one thing I really learned was I was, it's like, yes, I, ha I want to have a connection with my horse. So let's build this connection so we have a connection. So it's like I was using the task to get to the relationship. Uh, and it's just not very fulfilling on either end because what you end up with is compliance. Mm -hmm. And actually horses are quite compliant um, they can be like, you know, I mean, how many horses or people, because we actually respond quite similarly, you know, okay. Yeah. I have to go do this. Okay. I'll go do it. You know, they don't do it with any joy. Kids, people, you know, adults, horses, they don't do it with any joy. They just kind of do it because, well, this is what we do. And there's not an actual relationship that that's between there, or it's, I guess it's a relationship. It's just not a very fulfilling one and it doesn't necessarily go both ways. So working with the horses, it's so nuanced 
that, um, you know, I've got a horse, Isaac. Um, he's an ex-race horse. And they are, they're quite compliant because they're told when to eat, when to go out, and when to run, when to, you know, when to do everything. Just hold still so we can do your feet. Let me trim this. Let me clip that. You know, they just get a lot of stuff done to them. So they, they shut down, even, even though they might be um, – so, so their nervous system shuts, shuts down to a point, and then they might explode like he likes to do because they just can't handle it anymore. But it's not, it's just like, it's like tamping everything down. And so then it explodes instead of actually learning how to regulate it and, and manage it and be in charge of yourself and your emotions. It's that whole like lashing out in anger sort of thing. Like I talked about earlier. Um, and we learn to do that too. We are, we're really good at being compliant. Like you talked about before with, with, um, you know, education and then, and then they want us to grow up and be an independent thinkers, but we haven't been taught that. So it's a real challenge. So then we just kind of go to the other extreme and just go, well, this is how it must be done. And we still don't have any connection with ourselves. And we just go do a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Did that answer your question? Yeah, no, it's great. I, I mean, what I love about your brand um, and the, the work that you do with the horses is that it's so rich with, um, you know, things like horse sets, right? And Penny has been uh, in the chat in uh, on the Facebook page talking about how she's very goal, goal related. She has to remind herself to have fun. And so I'm thinking mm -hmm. horse play, you know, is yes, yes. Way, you know to have all, all these analogies attached to your brand are just really, really exquisite. Um, yeah, that's, that was, that's my tagline for, for a long time when I was doing a lot of teamwork. I said, turning teamwork into or transforming teamwork through horseplay. Yeah, I love that. Because I wanted there to be that. And because there's so much more lightness and joy and we learn better when there's lightness and joy and play than when we try really, really hard. Yeah. We well, if, if you're not having fun, you're doing it wrong. I think yeah. that's the way I always try to think about it because it's, uh, you know, work that's worth doing is work that is joyful, is work that's, mm -hmm. you know, by definition, also challenging and difficult, but it's if it's a approached with the spirit of playfulness and uh, you know, with the idea that I'm going to learn something here, no matter what happens, then we really have an opportunity to, uh, you know, to, to stop suffering and to start um, experiencing greater sense of thriving, even as we are doing the diff difficult mm -hmm. work striving. So, just a couple yeah. last questions before we wrap up. Um, I want to just. Um, acknowledge that uh, you are a member of uh, the coach uh, Difference Maker Coaching Program and a member of our Difference Maker Coaching Community. Just wondering, you know, we have talked, DJ referenced the, the necessity of a support system uh, in, you know, doing the difficult and challenging work of making change happen. Um, any, any words about how the Difference Maker uh, Program or community has helped you in your efforts to do what you do better and to have more impact along the way. Yeah. So going back to that, um, I don't know, what would you call it? It's not really a duality, but that, that pairing of connection and task, right? So we, the endeavor is we want to get something done, but the, but doing it by ourselves is lonely and not very much joy. And where do you get joy? You get the joy in the connection. So the community provides that connection. I mean, I have met some of the coolest people um, from, from that, from that group. And um, it's just, it's in, they've enriched my life 
and you know, going on that journey together with someone when you're all going, well, this is my problem. Oh yeah, I've had the same problem. Here's how I, here's how I got through it. Oh, but I, you've not had that problem. Well, let me help you with that. So it's just this very reciprocal thing, but it's not a, an expectation kind of thing. And it just, it's just enriching is all I can say. It, it kind of it greases the wheels to keep things moving. Yeah. Well, I will be the first to say that our community is a very special bunch and the people that gather for our weekly sessions always enrich my experience. And I'm theoretically the leader <laughs> and I probably learn more um, than anybody in those sessions. I especially enjoy our roundtable discussions and mm -hmm. but even just hearing other people share their experiences in the Friday office hours or what have you. Um, and you know, those are places where we do just what we talked about. People share their challenges or what we call challenge opportunities. They get to tap the wisdom of the herd. Uh, yeah. then, and then they see things from a different perspective. They glean an insight or they have a, a new way of approaching it. It's just so profound to me how even though everybody in that community is very goal-oriented, very driven, and very successful in their own way, how it, we all can do it better when we get together and work on problems. Um, last question before we wrap things up. Um, this is a session all about difference making. And I'm sure that on both LinkedIn and on the Facebook page, we have a lot of people that are either trying to advance in the difference that they seek to make or aspire to find and develop the difference that they seek to make. What's one tip or piece of advice that you would share for anybody that aspires to or wants to advance in making the difference that only they can make? Well, I'll go back to the quote. I'm sure. Know, your, know yourself so that you can trust yourself because then you know you're on the right path and you know that you're doing the right thing for yourself and for those that you want to serve. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that is a exquisite place to leave things. I want to thank everyone for tuning in, Kathy, and I really appreciate you lending us some of your valuable time and attention. And we hope that today's broadcast motivates you to lean into an endeavor that matters with greater curiosity and courage. Learn more about Kathy Taylor and Herdwise Leadership Coaching at HerdWiseLeadershipCoaching.com. And of course, it's always great to see you at CreativeOnPurpose.com. Now, go out and make the difference uh, that only you can make and keep flying higher. Kathy Taylor, thanks so much for your time on today's broadcast. Thanks, Scott.